Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I know when he comes to town, we always hook up John Shannon, our next guest for Legacy Heating and Cooling at Roos Chris. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. The calm before the proverbial storm as the players start making their way back into the cities that they're going to play for usually happens right around the end of August, early September. You posed a question the other day, and I want to get into it with you here, right here, right now. The World Cup of Hockey, do you think Russia will be allowed to participate in that in 2024? Well, if we're going by the rules that exist today, the answer is no. Because the international, even though Russian players individually play uh, in our country and play in the United States, um, we're they're not allowed to play uh, for the in, in any sanctioned IIHF event, and the Olympic Games and a World Cup of Hockey would be sanctioned by the IIHF. So therefore, uh, right now. If, if we're going by the rules of late August of 2022, the Russians are not going to participate. All right, we're going to pose the question to the listeners. You can text us 780-496-0063. Assuming nothing changes politically, which means that uh, they'd still be, you know, Russia's invasion of Ukraine would be continued. Is it an absolute non-starter to have the Russians involved in the World Cup? Or should it be kept separate to sport? And I think I know well, which dare, way. Well, dare I remind you, Bob, that the Russians were not involved in the World Juniors. Right. You know, the Russian women are not playing in the World Championships in Denmark. So it's a, sli- it's a slam dunk for people then, isn't it? I think so. I, I think so. I, and I, I think what it does do in many ways, it, o- it opens that Pandora's box of should Russian players be playing in the NHL? Uh, you know, the Federation has made a hard and firm stance uh, with its member countries right from the beginning. Uh, and the NHL has said, no, we, we're going to allow the individuals still to play. I think, I th- and, and as you well know, early on, uh, after the invasion, uh, there was a lot of pressure on a guy like Alex Ovechkin uh, to make a, take a stand, make a stand, uh, and that has kind of gone away. I think this whole World Cup of Hockey uh, discussion and the and the the actual agreement between the players and the league and the federation uh, will I think rekindle that discussion of whether Russian players should be in the NHL or not. Yeah, I, I just I can't see the NHL moving away from the rule that's currently in place, John. Can you? No, I, I can't because um, you know if you're if you're a Russian national working for you know J.P. Morgan in New York or you're working. Uh, for a, a a big company in Montreal or Toronto or Vancouver or Edmonton, uh, you're not being sanctioned. You can't. You're still allowed to work. So the players, uh, the rules that are in place for the regular citizens should be in place for the NHL players as well. Uh, but it's a difficult question, you know, because in many ways, unfortunately, as these things drag on, um, we we kind of put the the conflict in in Ukraine on the on the back burner. Right. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. But we do. Uh, you know. We, you know. And and our friends in the United States are more concerned about Mar-a-Lago and Donald Trump than they are about Ukraine. So all the news is and there's not much news coming out of Ukraine as much as there was in the first three or four months. So that becomes that it's it's not as it's not as in relevance not the right word but it's not as pertinent to people right now and it should be 
which because it's a terribly unfortunate, awful uh, event in our history. Uh, and right now, the Federation, in my mind, has addressed it properly. Craig has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, let the Russians play. Cowtown Bob says, I don't believe Russian players should play in the NHL, and Russia should be banned from all international sports competitions of any kind. Uh, and Northside Lou says, won't the World Cup just involve NHL players as in the past? which I, I'm going to extrapolate, you know, he's saying, well, wait a sec here, you're letting them play in your league, why can't they play in the World Cup? But it's the fact that they'd be representing a country that right. is the aggressor and, 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 and in an international conflict. Yes, And it is sanctioned by the International Ice Hockey Federation, which, which um, right now has uh, both uh, uh, Russia and Belarus uh, on, uh, on a banned list. Craig adds, kick the Russians out of the NHL until the owners have one on the big team. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Craig, Craig, Craig could be a general manager in this league. <laughs> I was going to say, Craig could be an athletic director at a Canadian school. That's how they operated. Well, you don't have something that, or you, you have something we don't, so we're going to make it difficult on you. Uh, sure. Well, that was, remember the old days, I, I don't know, but there were times where you know, I used to call them the mandarins of the NHL. Slats was a mandarin in the NHL. Harry Sinden, Lou Lamorello, uh, Cliff Fletcher, all these old guard of general managers used to really run day to day of the of the NHL. It was it was in the time, you know, just uh, before Gary Bettman and just early on in his tenure before he became the the dominant force. And and Harry Sinden would would uh, would flip flop between having the most aggressive team to wanting fighting out of the game, simply because he didn't have any fighters on his team. Right. <laughs> and, and and so all and then Slats would come into the room and then claim that they're they're ruining the game because you know I have I have five great offensive defensemen and now they want they want the offside rule changed so that uh, touching up doesn't mean anything anymore and it's ruining the game. So everybody had their own sure. They changed they changed rule. the four on four rule on coincidental minor penalties because the Oilers used to destroy teams four on four. Well, Bob, Bob, before you and I were born. Two-minute minors used to be served their full two minutes. Montreal Canadiens changed because they were so good on the power play, right? They were so good 50s. on the power play. Early 50s, yeah. It was, they were so good on the power play. So, that you know, the Canadians went out and scored three goals in the first two-minute minor, uh, and it was 3 nothing six minutes into the game. It wasn't much fun the rest of the night. Some quick hitters here for you. Bob, totally disagree with sanctioning NHL players. Are we going back to the 40s with internment camps as well? Wow, that's uh, Wayne saying that. It's a fair question, you know. It, 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 you know, because I mean, we, I understand that. Uh, it, it, but you know, and as I said, hockey players should not be isolated away from other Russian nationals living and working in North America or around the world, for that matter. Uh, and so, if it, 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 it should be one set of rules, not you know individual. If the, if the if the federal government in our country, if the federal government in the United States says that Russian nationals are not allowed to work, just like all all of the you know NATO countries have uh, have put sanctions against the oligarchs, right, and seized all of their boats and seized all of their cap their banking issues around the world. That's a different thing. Because it's it's beyond the game of hockey, you know. But when you're talking about hockey, the the, the driving force of the the agreement of the three groups, players, league, and international federation, they have to have agreement of all three. And right now, the federation is saying the Russians don't play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Jerry says no new Russian players should be allowed to play in the NHL. Just keep the ones that are already in the system before all this. Another texter says it's too bad the athletes are guilty by association. <laughs> Could you imagine Canadian athletes being denied competition uh, one day because of our ridiculous uh, uh, Prime Minister and out of uh, Shep out of Sullivan Lake says uh, Bob please stop this ridiculous storyline tell Mr. Shannon to stick to hockey I mean we haven't even brought up uh, a guy named McDavid making a uh, just a anyways the whole thing with Christopher Freeland yet so I mean that was just brutal but uh, anyhow the, we were, Speck was having fun last night on the McDavid the last name of this individual up in Grand Prix uh I mean, it is an interesting time. People are highly sensitized, and we've got the, we've, the, the certainly the IIHF has gone down a very specific uh, path with the Russians. It will be interesting to see whether or not there will be a resolution, because I think we're all, for the sake of the Ukraine, I think we're all hoping there's a resolution on this, uh, so that we could, see, you know, we could see uh, Russia. Uh, as a country legitimately competing again in international hockey events, John. But that's only going to happen if we have a peaceful resolution to the end of the situation in Ukraine. Well, I've been told I can't talk politics anymore, so... All right, there we go. Uh, Kamek uh, says, don't uh, don't punish Russian athletes for this type of stuff. Uh, leave politics out of sport. Oh, I, and, and that's and that's a fair opinion. But we're we're ju- I'm just reporting what the federation has done. Yeah, the federation is saying the Russians can't play. It's, it's not Bob and John saying it. Right. All right. Um, so we're so that's one of the storylines that's out there right now, John. And I wanted to uh, circle very briefly back uh, to the. <laughs> The building up of warheads in various teams in the Pacific Division. Uh, obviously, the Calgary Flames, and, and I believe you had Brad Trailerving recently on uh, your show with Bob McCallan. And mm-hmm. man, did he ever swing back? I mean, it looked pretty dire there for Calgary when first Johnny Goodrow signed in Columbus, and then the Flames had to, you know, word got out they were going to have to trade Kachuk. Well, I think they've actually made the team better myself. Uh, I don't think Calgary's done. I don't think Edmonton's done. But do, do you recalibrate right now? It'd go into training camp, and when you spoke to Brad, did you get the sense that maybe he wasn't done yet and is still looking to upgrade? Because I think they, I, I think a lot of fans in Calgary would like to see the Flames add maybe another top nine forward. Uh, I, I, I think that we've what we're seeing not just in Calgary. I think around the league, I think we're seeing managers get off of their, you know, their summer holidays this yep. week. Because a lot of guys did take some time. It was such a strange summer when you think of when the draft was and when free agency was. So everything was later. Uh, I think that what you're going to find in, in so many ways is that we are going to see some activity because there are teams still over the cap. They have to find a ways to, to maneuver. There are teams that haven't improved themselves like others have. And I, I think the New York Islanders are at the top of that list. And they have cap issues before they can go address those improvements. So I, I do think between... Uh, I was going to say later this week, but let's say between September 1st uh, and when camp starts, I think we are going to see more movement. I think we are going to see some more trades. I think we are going to see some more signings uh, simply because I think teams feel... Uh, well, I, I, we, we already know that there are some teams that need to get under the 82-5 uh, still. 
so it's it, it, you know there's there's an urgency to it and i think we're going to see at some point some some teams moving at 50 cents on the dollar too to do it uh what do you envision do you, do you see ken holland doing anything between now and training camp I, it wouldn't surprise me to see kenny do a tweak here or there um, you know, I'm, I'm still, and we, we've talked about this constantly all summer, I'm still surprised that Yessa Pugliarvi's an Edmonton Oiler. Um, mm. You know, they, they signed him to his arbitration deal, which, was, which is good. Um, but I, I, I was, everybody that I talked to in and around the draft, in and around free agency, they were adamant that this was going to happen. Something was going to move, uh, and that Yessa was going to be... Uh, the, the guy that that the, would be used as as part of any deal. So I'm I'm I am a little surprised that he's still an Edmonton Oiler. Um, and listen, if if he contributes, great. But uh, there was a point I think earlier in the summer that everybody you talked to in and around the team they thought for sure he was gone. I was one of those guys that, like you, thought he was gone. I you know I. And I still think there's an outside chance he gets moved between now and training camp. I could foresee mm-hmm. a scenario and, and maybe one that results in the Oilers signing another right wing. There's still some useful players out there. Like Evan Rodriguez is a guy that had a pretty good year last year, played in a lot of different situations for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We have people texting us, Sonny Milano's a left shot, Rodriguez is a right shot. We have people texting us on Milano every day. John, I'm going to ask you, you know, Jake Vertanen, interesting, um, was acquitted. He's looking to jumpstart his NHL career, and I brought his name up uh, with five or six other guys and just said there's an example of a player looking, you know, he'll play for 750 k to get a chance somewhere. Um, can you have too many? Like Glenn there was a master of resuscitating people's NHL careers. Yep. He was. Guys that either had injuries or, you know, off-ice issues, whatever the case. And again, mm-hmm. to clearly delineate, Jake Vertanen was uh, acquitted of the criminal charge that uh, was placed against him. Would you have any concerns in bringing up a player in like that? I mean, the Oilers... Um, and often it depends on how good the player is, right? Like Evander Kane was a really good player. People said, oh, there's all this baggage around Kane. And he came in and he played great for the Oilers and got himself a contract extension. I was, by the way, I was one of those guys. I said that. Yes. I admit it. I said that. I, I was, when, when the, the notion came up, I was not really a fan of it. But, uh, and perhaps uh, he's, he's proven me and, and lots of other people wrong. On the ice, he's been spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and but and and right now that you know we're we're at a, a really good spot with him off the ice too, which is nice to see. I guess the point is, like I I, I look at McDavid and Drysaddle uh, in particular, and maybe to a lesser extent Darnell Nurse, because I don't know how much sway he has around the league. But I like I believe that you set standards and that there's a certain standard, and you look at the work rate. Um, that McDavid, Drysaddle, and for that matter, Nurse, those are their top three players. They mm-hmm. sat, and I think that bodes well for a lot of the orders developing uh, players in the organization, several of which are first-rounders. We've talked a bit about that. But is is that core strong enough, and, with, and Hyman and Nugent Hopkins would help it as well, but is that core strong enough that you know maybe you can take a risk on a, a re- rehabilitating a player a bit? What do you think? Uh, well, I don't know. I, th- I, I mean, I think you can. I think every team can. I think that any team that believes in what goes on in the room can probably do it. 
Uh, I think the question becomes is, is, is if you're talking about Jake Furtanen, is Jake Furtanen an asset that you think can help your hockey club? Uh, you know, and in the end, he, I'm, I'm not sure he can. Right. I mean, I, I, I mean, Jake Furtanen had one thing going for him. He was a high first-round pick. Jake Furtanen, when he played for Calgary in the Western Hockey League, could shoot the puck like an NHLer. That's what he could do. He was he was fantastic. But what? But but the rest of his game never came along with it. Uh, and that was the frustration always in Vancouver. Is the Vertanen would have these every once in a while have a good game, but wasn't consistent, and then could not put a quality NHL product on the ice every game, and that drove coaches and managers nuts there. So from from that perspective, uh, I'm not sure. I, I would have no qualms if if Vertanen uh, could help your team, I'm, but I'm not sure he can. See, and we have don't a lot of people. Jake, don't you have Jake Vertanen already? Who, yes, a Paul Yarby? Well, or Ward Fogle. I mean, don't you have that type of guy already? That's that's a that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, I mean, Vertanen's the right shot, so that's why I mentioned Paul Yarby. But, uh, but, but if, hey, you know, forwards are forwards. I'm sorry. He's, sure. He's, and John, we have lots of people saying the Oilers would be better off with a Zach Aston Reese type, or uh, you know, Evan Rodriguez. I think Rodriguez. He's got to get paid by somebody, doesn't he? I mean, th- this guy had a pretty good year last year. 19 goals and 43 points for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, those are those are legitimate second-line numbers in the NHL. I think people are always shocked about uh, what Rodriguez did because uh, his time in Buffalo was underwhelming. And only in the last 20 to 25 games in Buffalo did his game come into some level of, of success, which is why he got a contract in, in Pittsburgh. And then you're right. But if you also look at his numbers and look at go to NHL.com and look at the game log, Bob, how many goals did he score the last 40 games? Yeah, I'd have to look it up. I, I I would tell you, you said he finished with 19? Yep. I, I think he scored 15 in the first 40 games. Yep. That's, that I, makes I, sense. And and so he, he's always one of those guys that, you know, there was there's always the great start, but can can we have a second half of the season with him? And I think that that's the real challenge. Uh, yeah, and Dave's saying, hey, Bob, would the Oilers have an interest in Zach Aston Reese? He plays both wings, hits, and kills penalties. You know, I, I, again, Edmonton, as it stands right now, unless they move a, a Pugliarvi, they don't have a lot of money. So we're having a different conversation if they end up moving out of contract. John, great stuff. Thanks for your time. We'll hook up on Wednesday. I can't believe this is the longest conversation we didn't have without Utah bringing up Patrick Kane in a long time. It's amazing. Well, we both know, it's, <laughs> we both know that, all right, Kane will get moved. <laughs> But maybe if not. He wa- if Kane will get moved if he wants. If he wants, and it'll probably be after the New Year. Is that fair? <laughs> I think so. And do you think there's an arms race? Like, could you see Colorado and Calgary also being in on Patrick Kane? How much cap space do they have second half of the season? We'll How many see. injuries do they have? It's all part part of that. A hundred percent fair comment. Okay. Thanks, John. All right, man. Bye-bye. That is John Shannon. It is 1254 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. I'll squeeze in some texts uh, when we return on Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Uh, Trent Brown, a former member of the uh, Edmonton Eskimos, James H. Brown, a significant corporate partner of both the Edmonton Elks and the Edmonton Oilers. Brendan, you mentioned earlier, uh, yet to do the post-game show Saturday night, the Elks losing at home to Ottawa and falling behind big in the first half that game how frustrated was the fan base yeah very and justifiably so this team takes a step forward and then it takes two steps back and this week they did it against the worst team in the league who i think they're back in the conversation of so unfortunately for them they got to figure out a way to string a a couple of uh, quality starts together and maybe find their first 60 minute effort of the season it's been over three years now since they've won at home or almost three years since they've won at home october 12th 2019 now mixed in the lost season in there but yeah it's been a long time. Uh, it looked, uh, I watched part of the game. Uh, we took uh, Tory down in Calgary for the weekend. Uh, I watched uh, uh, part of the game uh, Saturday. Did not look pretty. Uh, made some big plays, but couldn't sustain anything. Like there were some terrific catches by Kenny Lawler. but On overthrows, he yeah. bailed out his quarterback who had yeah. overthrown him by two or three yards, and he got absolutely horizontal, Bob. Those are highlight reel catches. We'll see them all holiday season on the recap shows, the countdown shows. But, you know, that's that's not how you win football games. That's It's just not pretty, enough for them Pretty right significant now. injury for the uh, Elks at running back too, right? I mean, they ended up losing their starting tailback. The guy was supposed to start the year. He's out for... Yeah, James Wilder Jr.'s career, in fact, may be over yeah. at this point. He was tweeting that his neck that needs uh, surgery could well cost him. It is costing him the rest of the season, and if he doesn't get it repaired, he might not play football again. So clearly that wasn't part of their plans. He's a big leader in that dressing room, but uh, you got to be able to make up for that kind of thing. You know, right. every every team in the CFL has battled injuries at key positions. BC's down year. two Canadian quarterbacks right now. Did O'Connor get hurt over the weekend? He I did. He got knocked out of the game. I missed that one. So there you go. It's yeah. uh, it's even Ottawa. You know, Jeremiah Masoli was supposed to be their guy. Yeah. His absence is part of the reason why they're in the basement. Did you see the story yesterday out of Washington, D.C. involving running back Brian Robinson Jr.? Who I, had, he had won the starting running back job for the, for the uh, Washington Commanders and got shot and is going to miss some time here. Uh, he's live and everything, but he apparently he was it was a robbery, and he, he suffered a couple of lower body injuries. They think he will be able to play, but the, uh, this season, but they don't know when. Sounded like he'd won the starting running back. He's, he played at Alabama before. It sure did, and and, and you know. It, Crazy. A, a carjacking, Bob. A carjacking just the week before the regular season. It's unbelievable. It is. It is. All right. Uh, Twelve fifty nine in Edmonton. You can text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero. Uh, 6-3. Um, Haji says, Bob, I think Jake Vertanen has more truculence in his game than any forward not named Evander Kane. Contrary to John's assertion, the Oilers uh, do not have a player like him in the bottom six, which is why I would be open to a PTO or league minimum flyer on Jake Vertanen. Uh, hmm. This one comes in from Dustin. He says, Bob, I see Patrick Kane going to Carolina. 
They have the cap space uh, with Patch ready on LTIR until the playoffs. Carolina isn't that far from uh, Kane's parents either. I see that as a fit. Dustin, that's a, a, a valid suggestion. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson and Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network returns with us when we're back in Oilers now.